Broadcasting live from Business Radio X Studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Learning Insight. Featuring learning professionals, improving performance to drive business results. Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Learning Insights brought to us by our friends at Training Pros. This is your host, Stone Payton, and in the studio with me this morning is my good friend and co-host, Lee Cantor. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Mr. Stone. Long night last night, huh? It was a little, a few bags under the eyes, but what a great time we had. Uh, we did a remote broadcast on site for the GMSDC open house and ribbon, ribbon cutting. cutting. Brand new facility for them. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And I tell you what, if you're not familiar with the work that the GMSDC does and the Small Business Administration, those folks, uh, you really ought to look into it. We met some, some people that, I mean, their careers, their businesses just took off from being mentored and being exposed to, to some of those opportunities and uh, reach out and have a conversation with Stacy Key and Veronica Maldano and, and that team, uh, marvelous group of folks, and we're going to have a lot of fun with them. They are going to be having shows, Is I forget which date, it's Midtown Studio? That's right, in the next uh, few weeks. Yeah, so that's going to be a lot of fun, but not any more fun than what we're doing here today. We have back with us in the studio, as is now more and more often the case from Training Pros, our good friend Leanne Langford. How are you doing this morning, Sunshine? I'm doing great. Thanks for calling me Sunshine again. <laughs> yeah, and we got some fun stuff coming up, too. We're going to be in uh, D.C. before too long, and yeah. we're, uh, Lee and I, and uh, is it Kevin or Michael's going to head up with us to Chicago? That's right. So we got a lot of neat stuff happening, too, in the, in the very near future, don't we? Road trip. Yes, we're excited to have you guys <laughs> partnering with us all over the country. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. So what we uh, have going on this morning in the studio, we have with us from eSecuritel, Miss Carrie Garback and Jenny Ergel. Welcome to the show, ladies. Hello. Hello. Thank you. Well, we are delighted to have you. Uh, I want to start with you, Carrie. Uh, E-Securitel, what are you securing and why? <laughs> if that's <laughs> the question. right question. Um, E-Securitel is a mobile device insurance company. So basically that means the cell phones that you have here on your desk. Um, if you go to one of our business partners and you enroll in the program, you will have full coverage on the phone even if you dropped it uh, in the sink when you're washing dishes. If the dog ate it. If the dog <laughs> ate it. <laughs> so what are some of the funny things that have happened to phones in your, on your watch? Oh, mm -hmm. my. There are some stories I can't share. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's see. Uh, one of our busiest days is um, July 5th because... <laughs> A lot goes on on July 4th, everything from fireworks blowing up their phone to um, jumping in a pool, forgetting it was in their pocket, um, you name it. So yeah. I have two teenage girls. Well, actually, one's not a teenager anymore, so I'm familiar with this service anyway. <laughs> they both, they're always losing their phone or breaking them or whatever. How common is water damage? It's actually very common, and it's one of the reasons that our company covers it. Um, you'd be surprised how easy it is to it, for it to fall out of your top pocket, um, or you go into the bathroom, you take your coat off, and it falls out of your coat either into the sink or the toilet. Now, you guys, you're in the training department, and uh, but you have uh, decided to put a great deal of energy and effort in training your clients. So speak to that a little bit. We have. Um, the main reason for that is 
we make money if they're making money. So if our client is not successful, we're not successful. So the best way for us to be successful is to help them succeed. And we do that by teaching them about our program and how to promote our program, enroll people properly, and help them when they do have an issue or an incident with their phones. So, Jenny, you're a training manager. What does a training manager do in the, in the throes of all of this? Whatever they tell me to. <laughs> you're a good soldier, huh? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, in addition to what Carrie said, when you know our clients are successful, that makes us successful. But um, we try to be a part of their solution. And so we don't need any accolades. It's just in the their customers' eyes that um, – their 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 carrier, the people that they rent their cell phone from or right. buy their cell phone from, has taken good care of them. When that happens, we've done our jobs. And then, so you might be invisible to the end user. Exactly. Well, yeah. that brings up a good point, though. How do you monitor that? How do you know that your training is being executed, implemented properly? I would, to me, I'd be a little nervous about that. Maybe that's exactly what we're working on right now. Um, we have this comprehensive program where we t- we look at metrics before, during, and after training to make sure that everything is sticking and that we're addressing the right issues. And so we have. Everything from business metrics to learning metrics to make sure that they, when they're looking at you and they're nodding their head yes, you don't know that they really know and they don't know that they don't know. <laughs> right. So in as many modalities as we can address, we're doing um, live training, we're doing electronic training, job aids, everything we can put out there and um, getting feedback in the form of testing, surveys, um, metrics, everything that we can to just make sure the whole program is cohesive. Now, is there a way to tell, like they might get it today, but can you check in like a month from now to make sure they're still doing what you would like them to do? Absolutely. And so at least every month, there's some measure in, um, and it can be anything. It can just be a game. We use gamification. Oh, really? Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we watch it. We try to monitor it. And, and quite honestly, in these stores, there's a fairly high attrition rate. So it has to be iterative. The program has to be fresh. It has to be, um, there has to be a quick start for people that come on board before the live training sessions are held. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's very comprehensive. I don't know if you realize it or not, but you just lifted the lid on this whole show. It'll probably go two hours now. Lee is just so obsessed with this whole gamification yes. thing. And I mm-hmm. kind of get it, but not really. I, how do you integrate gamification with something as serious as, as this? Um, it's pretty easy. You learn and earn. So in the insurance industry, there's training that's required. So you have to know, um, I always lose the word here. Um, is it because of regulations? Yes, that's why exactly. it's required, like, compliance. 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 <laughs> there, there's required compliance training. And so, um, first of all, the way that we present that training is with children. They're um, broadcasters, they're, they're TV news anchors, and they interview the field reporter about compliance. And it is funny. And so I think it's a lot easier to remember all that technical information in that context than, you know, somebody showing up and throwing up. But um, what was the question? I don't know, but we're getting a lot of good quotes <laughs> Gamification. Here. That was it. Gamification. Showing up and throwing up. up and I'm going to use that. <laughs> that goes in the press release, Kevin. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. It's a learn and earn program. So you, you But um, what do you earn? Do you earn like a little badge or now you're the king of the world? Or is this like, do I get like a Starbucks card? or um, All of the above. Whatever motivates nice. these people that are behind the counter in the store. We will, we will do anything. So what motivates them? <laughs> 
Money. They money. like money. money. So <laughs> gift cards go a long way. Really? But sometimes they like swag. So our company, our marketing group is the best I've ever worked with. And they have some of the coolest coats and speakers and earbuds. And So um, they earn points and then they trade those points in for stuff? Yes. So this, they're having fun with it, but this is serious business, meaning there's a lot of dollars and cents attached to this. It, this is one of the things that makes the uh, the sale much higher margin. Is that accurate to, to add the insurance? I mean, it's important that we have it as clients, but it's adding Definitely. margin to the sale, right? It is. Um, we've seen uh, upticks in the take rate, which is, you know, how many people are being enrolled in the program percentage wise. Mm -hmm. We've seen increases anywhere from 2% up to 15% after um, one of our training programs or, or learning initiatives that we've put out there. And we're hoping the new one that Jenny is working on right now, our toolkit, and I'll let her talk to that, but we're hoping that's going to bring those numbers up even that much more. I want to hear about this toolkit, but first I want to uh, ask Leanne about gamification. Are you seeing more and more gamification in other client work that you're doing? Is that a, a growing trend? Absolutely. A lot of clients are really embracing it. There's all kinds of vendors that offer, you know, tools and tips and ways to do the gamification easily. So it's getting less and less expensive to do as well. So they take existing training and gamify it and make it into something that's more interactive. Is that how it works? Or they start from scratch based on what your needs are? Um, the gamification piece is the, it's like a Starbucks um, frequent shopper card. So it's like you get points for doing anything. If they, if they peer coach, if they request peer coaching, if they attend a webinar, if they um, watch training online, any of those things give them points. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's the gamification program that we have. It's, so just, just making doing it, a game. it, so not being proficient. Do you get the same number oh, of points? No, no, you, no. You, have to, you have to get like 8 out of 10 right at the end of a quiz in order to get the points? Or if I just watch it, it I get both, the points? Right? You do, but I don't care how many times you take my quiz because every time you take it, you're learning more. The point is that we want their performance to, to improve or to, to be strong. And so that's the goal of the training. It's not um, pass or fail. Mm-hmm. So this gamification thing, we ought to look at implementing it for the people that help us distribute the content. You know, I, like I think we should do it for the, the guests. Do it for the guests. We should have some sort of contest and a scoreboard in the middle. That would be fun. So tell us more about this toolkit. The toolkit. Okay, so we have an amazing account team that goes out and partners with our partners to help make sure that they're successful, that they understand the program, that they can incorporate it as part of their solution. And so our toolkit is literally a cardboard box shaped like a toolkit. And inside that are the core components of our program. So there's um, buying personas and some sales, some other sales tools. There, um, I have a program called Claims 101. So if you're going to enroll people in an insurance program, you have to know what you're doing. And then Claims 202, I mean 201, is the... Um, the, and then some. So it's all these little technical things, like if you can't verify your insured person's identity, what do you do? So um, in that toolkit, our account management team can go out into the field and present our program, and they can give it to the leadership of our partners so that they can present the program. And then as part of that toolkit, we have our own intranet, well, our own internet. There's a microsite for each of our partners, and there are job aids and online courses and all that supports the content in that toolkit. Now, when you were creating the toolkit, how involved was the client in the creation of it? Like, were you interviewing them and making sure that 
you know, was solving a problem that they were having in real life. Very collaborative. The team at eSecuritel is amazing. The field team had a lot to say about what went into it. And I have been, been partnering with two of our partners, the, the learning stakeholders there mm-hmm. have had a lot of input. And um, we've even had review sessions over the phone. And um, it's been very collaborative. I I don't get a lot. I don't give myself a lot of credit for it. I'm just kind of pulling it all together. Right. You're facilitating. Now, is it that do you beta test this in a small way and then roll it out? Or is this something that you guys all got together, built, and then you just rolled it out? Um, three clients. So you tried it with three clients first? Mm-hmm. And then was there any tweaking or were you pretty close? There will always be tweaking. Right. It's so, a- yeah. and it, But it is close. It's very close. Um, what they want more than anything is more. Really? More. Yeah. More modalities. More. Um, some people want a step-by-step job aid. Some people want to watch a video. Some people want a person to show them in a simulation. And so um, just saying the same thing a lot of different ways is what I'm hearing the most. Is it available on mobile devices or is it just, how, how is it delivered? Not yet. Not yet. Is that something you guys are going to work on? Or is the customer not interested in that? Well, probably not at this time. It's kind um, of ironic, right? But it is, actually. <laughs> Um, the funny thing is some of the, uh, the store owners, because we're working with, uh, both, uh, the carrier side of the business, like the right. larger clients and then, uh, small mom and pops who own maybe just a couple stores, um, mobile device stores or wireless stores, mm-hmm. um, their technology beyond the phone itself is not up to par of what a lot of people have. So we huh. were very limited as to sometimes being able to put sound in a program that we put out there uh. because they may not have sound on their computers within the store. So the next step, the natural step for us is to go to putting these on a mobile device and that way we would have full modality available to us at that time. So it's something we're considering, but we're probably still a few steps away from that one. It's an important conversation though, because I get the sense that with respect to modalities, there is no one right platform or modality to deliver learning and to capture feedback. There's a lot that goes into it. Exactly. Um, You don't want to select just one way of doing something. No right. one learns just one way. Different people are visual. Some are very uh, audio. Some are tactile. They need to touch whatever they're doing, touch and feel it. And you have to find ways of incorporating all of that to win them all over. Now, Carrie, did you come from the phone business or have you always been in the insurance mm-hmm. arena or the training arena or did you have some real jobs in the past or what's your career path? I've had a few jobs in the past. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, funny thing is, I actually did work in the phone business years and years ago. Uh, huh. I worked at Michigan Bell, which was one of the baby bells broken off right. from AT&T. And uh, I was the president's speechwriter. So I've had all different interesting jobs. <laughs> speechwriter. <laughs> and how about you? Um, insurance, yes. I did. Yeah. I came, um, huh. I had a history working for um, a major healthcare company. Right. And then um, beyond that, all things education. So I bet you're really good at getting information out of subject matter experts, which I guess in this case are people in the field who have done a good job of selling the insurance in the first place. I, what I'm after is where do you get your content? And I'm, I'm operating under the impression part, partially from people that are in the field, boots on the ground doing it. All the, um, yes, but also our internal team. We have a logistics team right. that um, makes sure that when somebody claims a device, they have a replacement in, a, in as little as 24 hours. I need to talk to them as well. I need to be able to set expectations. I need to understand the technical aspect of how insurance works. And I need to understand sales. 
and management. So everybody, everybody is a subject matter expert for our training in some capacity. And you can't expect one person to know all that. I mean, Leanne, you and your crew, you you guys must have gotten really good. I wouldn't surprise me if you had some rigor and methodology around capturing knowledge from subject matter experts. Because I, I, I can't imagine how difficult it would be to sit down with a doctor or a scientist or anyone who really knows their specialty and then trying to translate it into however many modalities on however many platforms. So you guys must be good at getting the information in the first place, right? Yes, there's there's fields of study just on that. And so there's there's right. so many different methodologies you can use to gather the data. So it's it's out there if you know, and we've all studied it, all three of us ladies. So it's it's just a methodology you use and you know it becomes second nature after about what, ten years? <laughs> <laughs> Would you agree with me, Leanne, that it's also based on relationships? It's very important that you respect that person's time, mm. that you're efficient and that um, you're patient. Oh, absolutely. And if you blow that with the subject matter experts at a company, it's gone for good. Exactly. And return on investment conversations internally, when you get ready to put something on a on a cell phone and you haven't for a while or you get ready, you want like the first time you tried to talk about gamification, did you get laughed out of the conference room or what, well, what are those conversations like? With some of the other um, subject matter experts in various departments, you don't necessarily use the terminology we use in learning and ah, development. Ah, excellent tip. Put uh, that in the press release, too. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of good information in this conversation. You, you try to speak the way they speak. Um, so you, you're on the same playing field when you're talking with each other, and you don't really talk about gamification. You kind of present it from the standpoint of, we're going to make this more interactive, more interesting. We're, we're going to get their attention by doing X or Y. And when you explain it that way, you get more buy-in. In fact, when I was at the airport with one of our senior leaders, she called us industrial designers. <laughs> <laughs> Close. <laughs> So it sounds like your speech writing uh, helps you in your career quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, to really. Be able to, you know, to take the voice on of somebody else in order to help them achieve their goal. Um, I guess so. I never really thought about it. The funny thing is I hadn't thought about that job in years until you asked if I had been in the telephone industry. Um, I also have a teaching background, um, which I had just prior to going into the training industry about uh, a lot of years ago. Now, when you were building this toolkit and you were um, putting it together and you were rolling out into this, th these three clients of yours, did anything happen once it went out in the wild that you were like, wow, that was a good, we should. You Never know, saw that any, coming. Any aha <laughs> moments there that once it got out there in the real world that uh, it changed anything or impacted anything? Um, it's new. And so far it has been very embraced. Everybody loves it. It's young and it's energetic. So um, right now, all things good. We just, um, you know, there are never enough hours in the day. We just want to keep it, keep it coming. Mm -hmm. And so it, it has to be somewhat customized for each of our partners because everybody does things a little bit differently from the others. And each of our partners has their own culture. So it's kind of like you have different children in your home and one of them is allergic to broccoli and one of them has an aversion to exercise and you just have to speak, you know, to that child and, and who they are. And it's the same with our partners. So, um, so far, and it hasn't been rolled out to everyone yet, but so far it has been very well accepted. And um, all I hear is, when can we do this? When can we have that? They, they want more of it. Now, when do they see kind of improvement in sales and, and things that actually benefit them? That has been um, 
sort of a, a work in progress. We have gradually done some things like um, with one of our biggest clients, we have two webinars every month and they're focused on claims. So it's kind of all things claims um, on, in one of them. And then the other is sales. And we've noticed um, things like there are less claims being filed after they after the store reps have been educated. And then there are less um, escalations for the claims that do get filed right. because everything's going more smoothly. And so um, those those baseline numbers that we measure as a business, we've been watching those for several months now. And now with this toolkit, we don't have um, immediate metrics on it, you know, comprehensively yet, but we're definitely seeing bleeps in a good direction. Carrie, what do you, go ahead, I'm sorry. I was just going to comment. Um, one of the things that Jenny was talking about with having to tweak it per client. Um, to give mm -hmm. you an example, it's not uncommon. We have one client that she's talking about um, it has over a million subscribers with us, and another client has about 20,000 subscribers with us. Wow. As you can see, they operate differently. They have a different number of stores. They have a different mentality or mindset on how they do things. So every time we put this toolkit out there, we have to design it around their specific needs. So it's going to take us a little while to see all of the results mm -hmm. from it, but everything so far has been very positive and they're looking for more from us. So what do you like best about the work? Is it maybe this uh, um, opportunity to that it's really a little bit different every time and it's not the same old thing every time you go out there? Is that part of it? Yes. I love the variety. Yeah. Um, I'm one of those people that can't just sit at a desk all day long and do the same thing over and over again. And I'm very fortunate that I'm in a field that allows me that variety. I do everything from writing training to um, doing webinars to doing face-to-face -face training, um, working with people to better understand our product. Uh, so a little bit of marketing built in there. And um, I, I just love the combination. Now, is it hard for you to get your arms around <clears throat> that you're a teacher, but also you're kind of in sales? You know, right. even as a teacher, you have a little bit of that sales mentality. Mm -hmm. You're selling to kids. You need to motivate them and get them involved and help them to really understand what it is you need them to learn. So the sales is always there. So, And that's part of the culture of your firm, that it's a selling Selling's an important component. Definitely, because if someone doesn't enroll in the program, you know, you have to look at the consequences. If they don't enroll mm -hmm. their phone and they walk out the door and a bus rolls over their phone, they dropped it, bus rolls over it, they're done. You know, they may have paid $99 for that phone with that special deal with the two-year activation, and now they have two years and no phone. And phone. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and if there's no right. insurance on it, let's say it's, you know, one of the top of the line phones, it could be seven, $800 to replace that phone. So we really believe in our product, in what we're offering, that if somebody is enrolled in it, they don't have to suffer those consequences. So I think because we're very motivated, it makes it easier to, to put that sales element in what we do. And I'd like to add to that too, <clears throat> the eSecuritel culture is so collaborative. Everybody is invested in everyone else there. We're, like Carrie said, we all believe in what we're selling. And so um, that makes it an awesome environment. And the technology is just, it's, it's the time for it. So it's, um, overall, it's just a really good place to be. And it's a very motivating place. And I cannot imagine being bored. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw on your business card, it says, eSecuritel, a bright star company. So that speaks to the leadership of Bright Star the, all the way through to all the subsidiaries, I would think. 
So tell us more about this culture. What, uh, how would you contrast and compare it to maybe other organizations you've had a chance to work in or, or work with? Take the best of every place that I've ever been, and that's the Securitel. So the senior leadership at our company, they, um, they, they expect a lot from us, but they give us a lot. So we have three fully stocked kitchens in our offices. You now come, we're talking. You come into work. There's <laughs> there's cereal. There's yogurt. There's milk. There's um, peanut butter and jelly. Sandwich so they never meat. want you to leave. They don't. But we. <laughs> the 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 thing about it is when they expect so much from you and they they want to give back to us as well they take mm-hmm. really good care of us in that way and um one time we had a weather disaster one of our call centers went down and so everybody had to start taking calls and i was very new at the time but you should have seen the the president running around the building giving everybody coffee mugs and hugging them and patting them on the back um they really appreciate us and so that mutual respect goes both ways uh, Jenny, we didn't ask you, I don't think, your backstory. How did you land here? I was um, working on a project for one of our partners, and I met Carrie and um, someone else on our team. And she fed you some yogurt, and she it fed came me. over. Yes. <laughs> she held food up. She and said, you just you, followed her. All I, the did. Way I did. I did. I drank her Kool-Aid. <laughs> So what's next for you? Are you going to continue to work uh, more in, in, uh, toward enhancing this toolkit? Are you going to get on something else? Or, or is it the answer to those kind of questions usually yes and yes? <laughs> you have to do both. The answer is yes and yes, but I, um, I just want it to be bigger. You know, I want to be able to give everybody what they want. And so that means that I'm going to become more of a project manager going forward. Once this is launched to all of our partners, I have to figure out how to how to add to it and still be able to go home and at least have a couple hours sleep every night. <laughs> I, I don't think it's any accident that the folks that hang out with Leanne that come in here from week to week, we always have so much fun and they're, they're bright, they're passionate and they really enjoy what they're, what they're doing. This is, I love doing this. This, this is better than working, isn't it? This is a great job to have. I have to say, <laughs> I don't know how I do it, but I do really have a lot of fun people around me. Maybe it's the learning industry or maybe, I'm just lucky. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been an absolute delight having you both in in the studio. Before we wrap, I want to make sure that our listeners, uh, some of whom may very well be providers that need to know more, uh, what's the best way for them to reach out, learn more about eSecuritel, or tap into and maybe uh, on a professional level to to, to find uh, learning colleagues, email address or website or something coordinates that would be appropriate. Well, eSecuritel's website is www.esecuritel.com. It gives you a lot of background on our company. Um, We are a business-to-business type facility, Mm -hmm. though, so you wouldn't work with us directly. But if you happen to visit and purchase a phone at one of our business partners, it will be our insurance that you would be signing up for. And your partners are the wireless uh, companies? Correct. Like it could be a mom and pop shop that sells mm-hmm. different kinds of phones, or it could be a, a large carrier's shop as well. Exactly. And other training professionals that uh, may be looking at everything from gamification to different modalities. I mean, you guys are obviously a very collaborative group, so I get the, the sense that you guys are happy to talk with them and, and collaborate with them as, as well. I'm on LinkedIn, and also okay. if you just want to um, email our team, it's eSecuritel Learning Solutions at brightstarcorp.com. 
fantastic. Well, it really has been an absolute delight having you both in the studio this morning. And I hope you'll come back from time to time. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Until next time, this is Stone Payton for Lee Cantor, our friends at Training Pros, and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Learning Insights. Although we sound